podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello and welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Pod two eighty two. Oh my word! Uh, sponsored by Vector Printing for your print embroidery needs. Go to Vector KDK. It's Vector with a K. Nice. And JC and Associates. Ooh. Uh, go to jcassociateslondon.com. I will. Oh, you will. Yeah. JC Associates. Were you not here when he? Oh, you weren't here. No, were I wasn't. You? I wasn't here. Well, he's re- he's rebranded. Thrown me. Thrown me. So he's rebranded. Down. Yeah. Wow. So. So well, same thing, different name. Yes. Essentially. Yeah. The Associates, just the difference, is it? Well, Annie Lennox in a band called The Associates. No, no? she was in The Tourists. Oh, Tourists, that's it. Yeah, the, associates, right. the Associates was so, Billy McKenzie. Oh, right, okay, Come there on. you go. Sorry. Do you not know your 80s No, normally I'm, I'm not bad. My pop master score was good this morning again, so was I wasn't bad. What'd you get? Yeah. 33 on the first round, so it wasn't bad. Well, that's not, that's not bad at all. I'm not bad. Yeah. Anyway, Adam Sells. Hi. How are you? All right, thank you, sir. Good. James Endicott. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, good. And... It's back. There we go. It's like Christian Benteke. There we go. Probably not a compliment. Uh, Trevor Sendicott, how are you? <laughs> very good. Very You've been good. away for ages. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, I just seem to keep missing them. You do? Don't know how. D- about again, to make like Benteke. It, about Sorry. to make it and then just make it back. Hopefully I don't do a Conor Wick and come back for this, score a goal <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> and then get injured again, again for six months, yeah. Uh, okay, so lads, we've got, we've got three games to get through actually because we didn't pod during last week because the United game being midweek getting in the way of everything. So we've got Leicester, United and Burnley. I want to ch- So two wins and a, and a defeat. I want to chuck in the Leicester and the Burnley game because to me, Travis, they were actually quite similar games away from home. Palace yeah. quite clinical, but maybe not at their best. But two big wins for us. It's just typical Palace. It's what we've always Yay! been. <laughs> <laughs> it's, what, it's what we've always been. It's what we've always talked about. We're better on the counter-attack and it's soaking up a bit of pressure. People giving Roy a bit of stick for team selections, but ultimately it turning round and being a very successful 90 minutes in the end after maybe the first 15 half an hour feeling like it might not be the case more so against Burnley actually they put us under a bit much a bit more in the first half than Leicester did I think but you know it was typical in both games you open them up get one or two they try and chase after it and then bang you score an extra three or four and I think both results flattered us slightly mm-hmm. don't think you know they were necessarily three ones and four ones but they we deserved the goals that we got but as a scoreline you can't look at that and just go, we completely ran the teams off the park because we didn't. But, uh, but we're taking, taking our chances, well, which is wish you could do it at home a bit more. Well, exactly. That's what I was <laughs> going to say to you, James, because it yeah. feels like we've had games at home where we may have deserved to win 3 or 4-1 at times and we haven't. So maybe it's you know another cliche for us. I mean, it's, it's that luck playing out throughout the season. What, I don't know whether it's luck. I don't know. I th- you know, the, it's almost like the pressure of at home. You know, we used to call it fortress sellers, didn't we, a few years ago? Yeah. I think that pressure of not 
not winning at home is beginning to build, but for some reason we seem to have that freedom away from home. And I think, you know, it, you know, it's you often play better when you play the better teams and those sort of things. We're almost playing better away from home because there's less, there's less, I don't know, there's less sort of uh, expected of us. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's, um, it's been very weird. I mean, that, but then again, when we played Man United, we didn't play badly. Yeah. We didn't play badly. I thought we played really well against United and we were, were, you know, in that 20, 25 minute spell where we absolutely battered them in the second half, we were very lucky not to get at least another one or maybe even two goals, yeah. which I think we probably deserved. I think, you know, I don't know whether we deserve to win the game, but I don't think we deserve to lose it. But, you know, is it, Selzy, is it just simply, and we've spoken to this, about this many times on the post-match pod, are we just a team that is set up to play on the counter and that's why we're better away from home? And against, at Stella, where teams come and sit back against us, you know, we struggle. Is it? Is I'm, it I'm, not, that? I'm not sure it's as simplistic as that. I've got to be <laughs> honest. I'm, I'm, because we're talking about how oh, we win away, we score lots of goals. But it's not like the home games, we're not creating lots and lots of opportunities yeah. to score goals. And in fact, we're pretty, uh, we're pretty efficient and economical away from home with our, uh, our chance to goals ratio. And we're completely the opposite at home. And that... I don't think that's just because there's anything particularly wrong with the way we're playing at home. I think we just, you know, we talked before, you know, Cardiff 34 goal attempts, Burnley 29 goal attempts and so on. It's not that we're not having them. We just seem to have stuck them away a bit more recently away from home. But I think the the addition of uh, Sacco and Batshuayi in January has made a difference and Wickham and Benteke fit. AU ran into a bit of form. Suddenly there's quite a lot of competition in that area and it's been a sort of weak area for us because defensively and in midfield, you wouldn't say there was too much wrong with us. I think we got like the fifth or sixth best defensive yeah. record in the Premier League and it's just the fact we haven't been able to take our chances and uh, now we are. We're actually getting the results perhaps that, you know, we and, and, and getting results, as you say, that perhaps we've, been more dominant in other games and produced better performances and still not ended up with the victories so it's football yeah. isn't it well I think I mean Travis I think if Andy Street was here he would quote the XG and I think according to that <laughs> if we were scoring the goals we should do we'd be 8th or ninth in the um, table or something I like think that. that's about right as well yeah. um, but yeah. I want to talk about we've got questions about Batshuayi I just want to come to mm-hmm. it later but I want to talk about Wilf because in mm-hmm. the last few games he has been back to the sort of player we know he can be scored three goals in the last three games, four and five possibly on top of that. He's just been absolutely unplayable. Two at Leicester, that brilliant goal against Burnley. It's good to see him. You know, it's not been a brilliant season for him. And yet... Started off well. Yeah. And he just dipped when, well, was it 17 games? They hadn't scored for something like that. But yeah, Yeah. no, he's hit hit the ground running in the last three weeks. But, you know, that good run of form and all the praise could just completely backfire when he's really fired up on the weekend because he knows he's playing well when he scored a few goals then you know the red card tackle comes in on 25 minutes or something silly like that but no he has he's hit he's hit the he's hit form as soon as we've needed him it always seems every single season we seem to be in this position the difference is this season we're not in the relegation zone as as you know as close as we have been in past years I think we are on the positive side of it and we've won a few games slightly earlier on to pull ourselves away but it's always around this time of the year February time we just start hitting a bit of form, winning mm. a few games. Well, you know, in a few weeks, come the end of the month, could be Arsenal at home and things like that. You know, we get, we'll win these odd games now and we're doing the job away from home. It just seems to take far too long every season to hit this little bit of form. And just that bit of freedom that he's playing with at the moment has helped the Batshuayi's, allowed Townsend not to play in the last game as well and not make a massive difference. So, no, yeah, as soon as he, he can pick up the ball, take on three players and takes that many people out of the game, 
it just makes it a whole load easier, doesn't it? Yeah, it is frustrating actually. In us, though, we get, we yeah. are quite consistent in that, aren't we? That we get to this stage of the season and we have yeah. that little run of form. But why can't we do it? You know, for longer periods. I don't know. I don't, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Dare I say it, it's typical Palace. But, hey. it, you know, <laughs> see how many times I can get it in. <laughs> but just going back to that point about being at home and the way you're saying that we, you know, we we sort of sit back a little bit. And I think what we what we are missing, not wanting to put a negative on it, we're really missing that sort of real creativity in the middle of the park to sort of un, 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 unlock these defences at home. And you really saw that in the Man United game. And, you know, the last two away games, we a lot on the counter. We've got that speed and that energy to go forward. And we've got some very clinical players. We've got some very very skillful players up front but these have been really really it feels like it's just been really quick quick movement but what's happening at home is that we've got the we've got the ball in the middle of the park we're knocking it around we're knocking it around we're just missing that just missing that one little thing now whether Meyer's the one I don't know whether he is I think he is a great impact he comes on for the last 20 minutes I think he's brilliant whether he can last a game or not I don't know but I think there's something just missing in there we used to have um Kabai used to be able to do that every yeah. now and again. And I just think, I think that's the one punch area. Punch for a season, pulled the punch, strings punch, in punch, around that yeah. And I just don't think we really got anybody that all just gets that ball and just sees that pass that nobody in the ground can see. And I just think if we had that person, we would have beaten Man United. And I just think it's just that one position I think we're really missing. Well, we have, every week we get questions about Maya, and I have mm-hmm. noted one down, so I'm going to ask it to you now, from Sam. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. Who says, what would you do with Maya after Saturday's performance at Burnley? He had a bad game. But mm. always seems to make an impact when he comes on as a sub. As you were saying, I think he's lacking confidence when he starts, and he's he a few yeah. starts in a row to ease the pressure. But there's no doubt the class is there. The class is there, but there's a reason. You know, there's a reason that he was. You know, he was seen as one of the the great players in German football. And there's a reason why he's playing at Crystal Palace and not, and he's not playing for Munich or Dortmund or one of the bigger clubs. You know, in in this country, there's obviously some some issues with him, and I, and I don't know what it is. But saying that, when he does come on for the last 20, 30 minutes. He, he always seems to make an impact. Yeah, you know? yeah. Maybe maybe some players are just suited in certain teams in certain systems for that kind of role. You know, we spoke at Burnley and we felt it wasn't maybe the right game for him to start in, and he was quite anonymous. But in the United game, he comes off the bench and he has a big impact. So it's it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, I'm listening to you all talking, and there are quite a a lot of points that you're raising. And 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 I did a piece this week for the SLP and wrote about some of these things we're talking about and you know Wilfred as Travis was talking about there to start with he probably doesn't get the credit he deserves because it's become the norm for him to be exceptional all the time so you know in the last few games he's been absolutely exceptional cue the Sky sources come Monday about he was going to Dortmund or he's going there well if Pulisic cost 55 million we've got to give 25% to Man United. Wilfred's £150 million and I still wouldn't sell him at that price. So uh, I don't see any... Well, long may it continue, you know, if it's never going to happen. So I think Wilfred... You know, we talked about ball carriers and things earlier in the season. Suddenly, Batshuayi is another player that can go past people and has quick feet in the front line. So now you have Townsend, Wilf, Batshuayi as as a trio and a big threat. It's it suddenly makes Wilfred and Townsend even better, if you like, because teams would defend against us in a certain way and drive things into Wilfred, for instance, and show them that way for for us to play, knowing that then they could lock everyone into that area and make his life very difficult and nullify his effect. And that was certainly evident early last season with Frank De Boer, with Huddersfield and teams like yeah, that. Yeah. And I know for sure that... Uh, 
having had some conversations thereafter, that that was very much their their ploy, or if, if you like, and it worked on the day. Well, there were many reasons for that. We're going back a while, but the the, the midfield maestro, as mm. as Enders is talking about there, I think the difficulty you're going to have is that you know to play Wilfred, Batshuayi, and Townsend, who probably defensively aren't offering so so much. I mean, Wilfred has done better of late, but he's obviously you know, a player that Roy doesn't particularly want to do too much defending as such and we want to use him on the counter or get him on the ball as quickly as possible. And the other side of it is that then that means you might have to have a more solid midfield. And Meyer is is an interesting one because we saw the best of him against Manchester United. Mm. And I'd said to you numerous times, I saw him as a player that would come on with 20 minutes Mm. to go when we're behind and sacrifice a defensive player. And then on the other side of it, you saw on Saturday it was pretty anonymous and people saying, well, it's not necessarily the right game and all that, which, is, again, is fair, but it's the Premier League. Everyone's big and physical. Manchester yeah, yeah. United were big yeah. and physical. Burnley are big and physical. And Brighton will be big and physical. So there's no, you know, I don't think we can... I think you're going to struggle long-term if you can only play in a set amount of fixtures per season. The rest don't suit you, you know. So there are plenty of... Uh, Plenty of thoughts and conundrums there for uh, for Roy to unravel. You got you're talking to the yeah. Hello, hello, <laughs> Kevin Day. Uh, <laughs> Substitute uh, appearance of the bench. No, no. Well, I was in this one. I was in a different studio, but I just I just want to make the point that I think we're all missing in terms of midfield. Is that everyone seems to think we have to start with the same eleven every week. And most Premier League teams don't start the same eleven every week. The thing we know about midfield from the Man United game and from Burnley is it's Luca and Kiati have got a bit of two in midfield. Mm. And then A and other depending on who we're playing. And yeah. it turns out Schlupp's better away from home. Mayer's Mayer's got to start at home. It's Mayer, it's you can't keep saying bring him on when we're one nil down, two nil down. Just get on the front foot from the start of the game at home. And this, let's, you know, let, teams don't come out of the blocks against us at Sellers Park. They wait for us to, to pass ourselves out. Yeah. And you see Van Arnold's a better player going forward when Meyer's there. Wolf's yeah. a better player when, when Meyer's there. The three of them in that corner, it's a bit like the old days with Loftus-Cheek, those three together combining. Yeah. Mm. That's the one thing we don't seem to try, is starting them there and then away from them. Cool. But the, the player we missed most against Man U was, was Chiarty. The logic of not starting Chiarty against Pogba is still, is still beyond me. But again, it comes back to the fact that Roy likes to pick the same 11 week after yeah. week. And if that means playing Schlapp up against Pogba... <laughs> then that's what he does, and that's a mistake. Yeah. So we shouldn't necessarily. It's like saying with some centre backs are better than others again, certain sort of opposition. So, mm. well, what Travis? I mean, thank you, Kevin. A roll and roll off sub. Um, can also, I just say, with Kepa refusing to come off and Kev like bringing himself on, <laughs> <laughs> can we give him a fine of some sort of a week's a week he's axed for next week's show or something like that? Is that right? Next week I'm doing it on my own. <laughs> Tra- Travis, what do you think? Because. Um, We've spoken on the pod before about lack of options. Clearly now, with Kevin talking about changing it with different games, we have these options in midfield now. And we have players like Schlupp who are delivering as well in midfield. So actually, there's more choices, aren't there? Well, yeah. It's like Kevin said, you have got to choose teams uh, depending on who you're playing against. But like you said, you know, you've got to pick a starting eleven that can help you control a game at home. You set up away defensively, you stick a Schlupp in there who's got some legs on him, who has been a completely different player this season. Mm-hmm. In the past few months as well, you know, we signed him as a cover for left back chipped in a bit on the left wing but now he's playing that kind of little inside midfield role with 
MacArthur and they just run, in, run everything down the way from home and they're good. But yeah, like when you're at home, you want someone like Myra on the ball who's going to pick it up, drive at defences, turn here, just keep the ball, help the team come up the pitch with them because that's our problem at home. You're playing against teams, sitting back defensively. Mm. You've got someone like Schlupp who's going to be able to run, but you want someone like Meyer, pick up the ball, let the rest of the team join up with and then start penning them back in their own half, which we don't seem to be very good at doing at home. You know, when you've got centre-backs in, in the centre circle over the halfway line, you watch all the big teams at home and that's what they do. You can almost see them playing central midfield roles at some points and pegging teams back for 15 minutes on the trot. You can't do that with a schlup in the team. But when you've got a Max in the team, you drop Kiate back a little bit, drop Luca back a little bit, he's sitting in there just behind. And, you know, you can see a Luca driving into the box every now and again. He's done it before. A Kiate's got a little Kiyate bit of legs did it on, on Saturday. Him. Exactly, and can drive forward like that. So, like I've said, you do need to pick your players and we have got the options to do that now we've got the options to play defensive we've got the option to play keep ball we've got the option to play on the break different players different statures different abilities just need to maybe utilise them more yeah much like us on the pod yeah to be fair <laughs> yeah. JD I just wanted to ask the question seeing as I don't broadly sort of agree nor disagree really in that sense we haven't even mentioned MacArthur yeah. um, Schlapp actually has got the best goals to uh, minutes ratio on the pitch of any Crystal Palace player so he's been an he's attacking, with some very an attacking threat as well. and the question I wanted to ask you all then on that basis was we're playing Brighton on Saturday it's mm-hmm. a derby game mm-hmm. would you risk playing Max Meyer in the hurly-burly physical derby game or would you go MacArthur or Schlapp and be a bit braver because this is what Roy's <laughs> got to decide Mayer. okay Kevy's Mayer what about you I'll go Max you would JD Schlapp I go Max because I think we need to play him off the park rather than getting rather than going to a fight we can play them off because we've got better players and we can pass them out of the game rather than fighting them out of the game mm. and, and, and if it's all going tits up then you bring on Schlup to give him a kick you need to go into the game with a level head and I think he'll bring that he'll bring a sense of calmness to it because he's a new player, I don't want to say doesn't understand the derby, but we'll walk into the game and won't be as fired up for it as your Wilfs and your Lukes who have been there for a bit a bit longer. He'll just come in and think, right, it's just a game yeah. and control it a little bit more because we will go into that game wanting to win. The whole fans will be ch- chanting non-stop for the whole 90 and you don't want that pressure to get to on top of the players. Someone like Max, I think, can come in and just calm that down a little very bit. Very true, very true. And we will be previewing that game in part three of the pod. Ooh. But Enders, let's get your thoughts on, mm-hmm. on the midfield. Those options in there, you know. It's, there are it's options good for us, in there, yeah. You know, I, and I think I, I, you know, I do agree with Kevin. It is that thing, you know, it's not one to start the same 11 every game. I think that's the, the important thing we're talking about. And we, we've always moaned on this pod about having no strength in depth, but we do have that now. We've got a lot of different options. In it. And as Travis was rightly saying, we, we can play in so many different styles. It's a matter of adapting to the team you're playing against. But I do think at home we need to be a little bit braver. You know, and I know we're going to talk about the Brighton game later on, but you know, even against Man United, we did show them a little bit of respect. You know, and once we went 2-0 down against Man United, then we woke up. And you know what? We did we absolutely battered them for 20 minutes. And we should have we should have got more goals and that that proved to me and why we didn't do that as the game kicked off I don't know and that's what we should be doing we 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 give teams too much respect sometimes at home and I think we just what we're really good at is that just getting up like getting at teams mm. and they you know and we need to start doing it. we should do it against United and we should do it and we better do it on Saturday as well that first 20 minutes just go hell for leather and just get at them, just throw them off balance, because they won't be expecting it. Mm. Teams don't expect that from mm. us, because we haven't been doing it that much. And I think, and we have got the players. 
We have. So, and to yeah. be fair, our first 20 minutes, I think, has been hell for Leather as well, hasn't it, boys? So, you know, <laughs> Palace can only sort of learn <laughs> yeah. from us on the pod. Then I think that's a good point to take a break, maybe. And in part two, we're going to come back and we're going to answer some of your questions. Welcome back to part two of the Five Plan Podcast. Hey, 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 what did I say? You said five plan. Did I? You did, yeah. yeah. Did yeah. I? Yeah. yeah oh, I, think so. I think you just said five plan. Well, I'll call it whatever I want. Uh, five year plan podcast. It's his kit and he'll do it his way. It's literally not my kit. Uh, sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing body we need. Go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector Weather. Okay. And JCIS. No, it's not. And JC and Associates. Uh, go to jcassociateslondon.com. I will associate with you all. Oh, lovely. Very nice. And right. What, what, what JD didn't tell you at the start of this pod... James, when yeah. you asked about, oh, we've got new sponsors, mm. he didn't mention the amount of times you cut out. Eighteen times you got the new sponsors' name wrong. Oh, really? In the last pod, <laughs> in front of the in front of the new sponsor, in front of the new sponsor, yeah. who by the end was so confused he couldn't remember what he well, called the, the new sponsor, the old sponsor, the old sponsor, yeah, yeah. Well, it was still him. It's the same bloke. It was like me. It was like pre-season for me. I was just sort of getting back like, into no, match exactly. fit, match fit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, Kevin's joined us at the podcast table, and we have got a question for you from David. Hey, David. Ooh, oh, French theme yeah, name for a French theme weekend. Yeah. It says, uh, did Kev manage to get the House of Parliament to the Houses of Parliament pub in Bordeaux to show the Palace game? No, we, we watched the Palace game on a feed in the hotel. We went to the Houses of Parliament the next day in Bordeaux and it, it all got... Messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at one stage I said to a woman, I'm, I'm in quite good at French. I said, I'm very sorry, we're English. And she just went, vraiment. Ooh. Which means really... Right. No, we did go. So that was a good shout from David. Thank you. Yes, we were there for quite. In fact, we watched all three games. That shows you how long we were in there. On blimey, yeah, we watched <laughs> all got, three games. <laughs> he's got a question related to that pub. Actually, he says, and does he think? Oh, what does, does he know the, the Maxine from Luxembourg? The girl working behind the bar. Couldn't possibly. Say. Oh, <laughs> who started to make things worse by because we spent so much money. She just started dishing out free shots in the last. Cool. So. Okay. What the third game was. Oh, it's Liverpool Everton, wasn't it? Yeah. Which yeah. you fair, wasn't that great? So. No. Um, uh, does Kevin think that Big Ben will be chiming at Selhurst next season? Whoa. See what he's nice. Done. Good. Done um, yeah. Or will Palace cash in, given that he only has a year left on his contract? I think that's a good question. And I think it's really interesting that... I know we mentioned him in the first part of the pod. He's one of the few players we haven't spoken about in the last two months. Mm. Yeah. When he was somebody we would speak about... On nearly, a very regular nearly, basis. On nearly all the time. And it's... And, because we're not missing him now, because Batshuayi's come in as a... And I have to say, I didn't think Batshuayi would play as much as a old-fashioned centre-forward as he kind of has done, in a way. But we're not missing Benteke. Mm. Having said that, I, I think Rory really likes Benteke. I think Rory's got Benteke way ahead of Conor Wickham, because I know a lot of people have said, yes, let's cash in on the Benteke money, and Conor Wickham's there to step in. I think Rory really likes Benteke, and I'm not sure how many people are beginning to coming in for Christian well his stock's not high is not at all and you know people these Chinese clubs aren't they've got a lot of money but they also watch the actual games they they watch the players (laughs) they're going to buy so it's it's difficult to know Uh, and for him how old is he say old is he 26 27 27 he's older than that isn't he he's he's quite old to sort of start start again he must I'm trying to think he's 29 I think the other question we have been asking about him, which is a good one to ask, is whether Roy will ever fancy playing the pair of them up front, Benteke and Batshuayi. It's another option, but... I think that'll happen at some point. Yeah, I, I, I think, think my... if, we, if we're a goal down with 20 minutes to yeah. go, 
you may well take off that third midfield player and just play with Kuyate and Luca. We're bringing, Luka we're bringing and, Moira on in those circumstances, well, remember? <laughs> you are. I'm not sure there always is. He might want to stay in the game first before we might be free down. Before I hand back to Travis, because this, this pod's all about youth this week, obviously. <laughs> of course. Uh, what can I say? <laughs> it's about squad rotation. I just, wanted, I just wanted to throw in this brilliant stat from the Times, which we accidentally brought, which is... Uh, <laughs> okay. If we carry on with the same ratio of away points to home points, we'll have the best ever proportion of away points to home points since the Football League started in 1886. Wow. Wow, that's right. crazy. Yeah, yeah but, but football didn't start until 1993. And also, it was easier in 1886 because they didn't have crossbars, obviously, as we yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. corner flags. But that's it's quite a good stat. But the it's only trouble is, I think we have to lose at least two at home and win at least three away for it to. Carry and we've got on. very winnable games yeah. at home, so yeah. that wouldn't be ideal. So, so. Travis, follow that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if actually, Travis, I got a question actually. Follow up on Benteke for yeah. you from. Adam Mark Pasco Atkins. Nice. Hi, Adam. Nice one, Adam. Who says, um, with the arrival of Batshuayi and the fact it's now March, will Benteke score zero goals this season? He said, I know he's injured, but still, other strikers get injured, recover, and score. Don't know. He's not going <laughs> to play in the cup, is he, really? I mean, if you think about that, you, you, would you pop him in if we end up beating Watford? Would you bring him in for a, a game? I don't know. It depends. What what style wants to, well, Roy wants to play and how much he wants to rotate it, considering who we're playing, which yeah, pretty poor season, which though, won't happen. It? But I, I yeah, I can easily see that happening, to be honest. But I would I would prefer for him to come on in the seventieth minute in the last couple of games once he's back at full fitness. Yeah, nod one down to Batshuayi, him score a goal and then to get one back score a penalty like he did against Leicester. Yeah, a couple of seasons ago and almost slip and miss it. I would like to see him get a goal <laughs> just just for his his own sake and his confidence sake. But yeah. I can easily see him. Yeah. Not scoring another goal. I can, to be honest, I can see him not starting another game. Yeah, I agree. If if yeah. Batshuayi keeps up the form he's he's got, yeah, it would be a no-brainer to not continue playing him. I mean, he's not. I mean, points. he's not a bad option to have off the bench. You know, twenty-eight million pound no. striker on the bench. But no. we have had some questions, um, Enders, about Batshuayi. Mm-hmm. This one comes from Brian Hipkin. Hi, Brian. He says, if Chelsea can have their transfer ban upheld, obviously the next two windows, um, does that mean that we can say goodbye to buying Batshuayi or even Ruben Loftus Cheek, even if we have the money from selling other people? I guess it probably does, doesn't it? Does that mean? Probably. Yeah, it would yeah. mean that, I mean, it'd be a shame, wouldn't it? Would you like to see us go for Batshuayi afterwards? I know he's not been in that long or played that many you games. Know what? But... I can't really tell at the moment. He's he's in his honeymoon period. What I, I am very impressed is the way he is around all the other players. And I just think he seems to have built up a real rapport with the players already, with with his teammates. And I think that's helping everyone. Yes, he's he's got that little extra in front of goal that we've not had for a while that Benteke never really gave us. Um, it seems like well, he's, got, he's scored 17 goals in his first season. Yeah, I know, but there just seems to be something about this. There seems to be he seems to have something that a little bit of unpredictability about him. He seems to create his own yeah, opportunities to it, score. It yeah, mm-hmm. and I and I think that's really exciting. And I think he's. It seems that he's. I don't know. I mean, Celtic might know more, but he's he's off. His off-pitch relationship seems to be really good with the other players. He's, he seems to fit in really, really well. Now, whether he's going to be good enough to buy, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, it'd be a lot of money. We have had another. I should say, Peter McBride as well has also asked uh, Selzy, should we make a serious bid for Batshuayi and Loftus Cheek? He says an offload of cut price Benteke. A lot of people want to see Benteke go, but what are your thoughts on Batshuayi so far? I, I don't. Is think, it even a realistic? Yeah, option? I do. I do because I, I think regardless of their their transfer situation, they can still only have a 25-man squad. They've got Pulisic coming in this summer, haven't they? So if you're looking at it that way, they've got to... They can only name 
so many players within that group. So they're also not going to have him there sitting on wages if they can't put him in their 25. So it doesn't really change so much, I think, as everybody thinks in that respect. So I think it is possible, but I don't think he's going to be very cheap. I mean, when we were looking the first time when he was in Marseille, I think it was sort of 33 million around that time, wasn't it, that, mm. that Chelsea did. So, so we'll see. But I think his value would have dropped a bit from, from that period. He didn't have a great time at Valencia and uh, he's done not too bad for us so far but I think his stock was probably higher in terms of transfer value a couple of years ago so it might not be <coughs> it might not be completely off the scale uh, Travis would you make a bid for him? I'd, the money was well, I'd, I'd only be able to make that decision at the end of the season because there's a lot you know you, you hit the ground running sometimes when you, you start a new club you've got a lot to prove he hasn't started many <coughs> games for Chelsea in the Premier League so you know he's hungry he's up for it and at the end of those few months, if he scored a few goals, maybe he wants to go and prove himself somewhere, you can never gauge whether it's going to be a sensible move because the player's going to have to want it as much as the club wants it himself. And he, if he has a good six months with us, and you might want to go back and try and prove himself there, is it then a bit which, that's which worth Ruben taking? Well. Or would he want to just go, right, I've had a good six months, now I really want to stay because I've actually found a team I'm happy playing for I don't know and also you know he could drop off and could now score no goals until the end of the season I don't want to jinx it I don't want to jinx it but you know these things can happen these things he's can. very sensible for so it's not it's not a, it's not a decision you look at it at the end <laughs> you know you look how he plays against d- different style of opposition and things yeah. like that and you, you yeah, you pick it up. But well, it does, it does if he scores this weekend, yeah, then he's definitely. A yeah, definitely. It does look, it looks million good on for us though as a club, doesn't it? That we had Ruben last season come in for a season on loan, do very well. Batchwide this season, it makes yeah. us look Enders actually like a very good sort of, well, not breeding ground, but a club. <laughs> that's the wrong phrase. It's quite appealing for for, for, for players, players that yeah, yeah. For, for loan players. Yeah, we just don't want to become a team that just is reliant on loan players. I know, I know, we've got the Wills and the Lucas and the Townsends who are here for the duration, but. Yeah, I mean, it is great these players coming in, you know, and Loftus-Cheek made a big difference last year, but, you know, it was a bit of a downer that we couldn't get him for this season, you mm. know, and that he hasn't really played that much for Chelsea. He has played, you know, and he did, and he went to the World Cup. You know, what I was, what's going to happen with Batshuayi? I don't know, you know, he, he may not, he may end up staying at Chelsea and playing every third game for 30 minutes for them, you know. I, yeah. I, 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 I don't know, but yes, we are a breeding, not a breeding ground, but it's a good place to come because it's, it's a good team spirit down there. It's a good club. It's an exciting club. It's an energetic club. And we're we're always looking to attack. We're always looking for the good. We're you know, we, there's very little negativity around the whole place a lot. I mean, every now and again we go through little spells like any club, but in the whole it's a club that's on the up. We've got we've got a good board, we've got a good Chairman who's always on the telly spouting off. We've got a brand new stadium coming. You know, we're, we're, we're fans, amazing yeah. fans. We're on another good Great cup podcast. run. <laughs> you know, and it's, you know it's, it's an exciting time to be around Palace, you know, and I think a young player, young players who are not getting the love at their, at their, at their club come to Palace and think, this is great. Mm. And it may not be the, the sort of training facilities and, and, and all the background that they're used to, you know, it might not be the, at the high level, but they're getting something that they're not getting somewhere else. They're in, they're part of, Family, and that's you know I'm being quite soft. He's taking bits, and it's, I just think it's a, it's a really good thing for loan for loan ease. It makes them feel happy and comfortable. I think that's what happened to Ruben last year, last year, which is why he went to the World Cup because he you know he was great. And I, you know, but anyway, that's why. That's think. beautiful. I, I, I won't mention Patrick Bamford or Luke Remy at this. Point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure, so, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah, ye
So I, I presume you've got hundreds of questions about this, but you look like you're trying to move on. But can we ask Selzy why this here? What's happening in goal? <laughs> well, I do have. A, I've got a question related to that cool. actually uh, from Joe Freeman. Hello, Hello Joe. Joe. Hello, Joe. Who says that Jack Butland hey, is Joe. the latest player linked? We saw that in the papers this week. Do you guys think this would be a good signing for Palace, or are we already in safe hands between the sticks? This has sort of come out of nowhere, hasn't it, Kevin? The question was more about what's happened in the last two games. Oh, okay. Well, and, yeah, and we can. And who's who's going to be playing on Saturday? Because out of nowhere, whereas Geiter looked like the number one forever. Hennessy was in. Hennessy's in. Gave the goal away Saturday. What's going to happen this Saturday? It is funny that we looked like Geiter was doing great, and then suddenly this has all sort of come out of nowhere, isn't it? I was surprised. As I said to you on Saturday, yeah. it wasn't something that anybody was expecting um, I think there's more to it and it's a bit deeper Roy has spent most of his coaching life with Mike Kelly working in spells alongside him Mike Kelly I know from his time with Palace was very big on sort of big goalkeepers and I think Roy is too their favourite keeper or if you ask them what a goalkeeper would look like Mark Schwarzer would be yeah, very right. much the their sort of type, if you like, let's say. Mm. And I think Wayne is probably more like Mark Schwarzer in size than than the others, Guaita and and, uh, Julian. Now, I've got thoughts on all this kind of stuff because a lot of the modern-day goalkeeper is sort of style over substance. And at the end of the day, I mean, Wayne's biggest strength is he's a phenomenal kicker with both feet, very reliable distance, and it's a useful asset to have. He probably isn't as dominant in the air as you might expect from somebody of his size, but he's okay. Um, but the other two are much better shot stoppers, I would say. Now, it's very easy now that people go, oh, every goalkeeper stops shots. Well, they don't. And a goalkeeper yeah. that yeah. can stop... <laughs> That's true, yeah. A, a goalkeeper that can stop 20 attempts on his goal in a season that he shouldn't save is the same as a 20-goal striker, yeah. right? And the reason I'm, I'm sort of saying these things to you, if you look at the six seasons in the Premier League, the first two seasons, uh, Spironi was the regular fixture. And in each season, he contributed 12 to 15 points a season mm-hmm. in terms of the team's success. Mm-hmm. Now, in the four seasons since, nobody's done anything like that. Right. And and we actually had our best two Premier League finishes in those two years with, and I think we'd all agree, in the last four years, the squad has been infinitely yeah. better than yes. it has in those first two seasons. Yeah. And I felt Guaita was actually, the f- this is the first time that we've got somebody who is contributing well, points. first couple of games, yeah. that Leicester game. Leicester away, at home, two games yeah. and Cardiff at home. Yeah. You know, you, that's what I'm saying. We're talking yeah. about moments where mm. you're saying... This guy made a difference. He yeah. Instead of that being one point, that's now three points, or that was no points and now one point. And that's what I'm talking to yeah. you about, the 12 to 15 yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. You, And every time I did that over Julian's seasons, we ended up always 13, 14 points positive in the right, bank, if right. you like. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of the time we've been in negatives since mm. and we haven't had the benefit of that. So... It does surprise me, and if I'm Gaito at the moment and being dropped in such circumstance, well, he wasn't dropped. Was he, he dropped? No, he, well, he was rotated according to Roy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I would say to you that Julian uh, Speroni was also rotated for the Stoke game last year because yeah. of their size and never got back into the team until Wayne was injured again. So 
if I'm a betting man, and obviously I've, I'm not privy to this, so and I don't even know if Roy's made his mind up yet, but we're sitting here midweek and I'm saying that if I'm a betting man, I bet he plays Wayne on Saturday rather than Vicente. Uh, mm. That's just my guess, knowing how he works a little bit, mm. but do I think it's harsh? Yes. If I'm Gaeta, am I very disappointed? Yes. Would I be looking to go back to Spain next season after that? Yes. So, uh, well, you, I think, I think, Kev, you would, that you if would, you, if you're dropped unceremoniously, having, I think, I did some stats. I think ten games he's played, and he's averaged one point eight points per game. I'm not including the Watford game because he played the first half and we were actually winning, and Wayne played the second half and we lost. So I've, I've discounted yeah. that oh, for yeah. a minute. I'll buy that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So because effectively he was actually winning when he came off there as well, but one point eight points a game. Is is a pretty strong ratio, and would, yeah. would suggest he's contributing yeah. quite a lot in this time. So, I would be very disappointed if I were he. And Jack Butland, good goalkeeper, but not as not in the last two or three seasons no. at the level that he time, has been. He? Yeah. And I would have thought there would be others out there if we were going to do that. Nick Pope, who you you met with me on Saturday, and a, a couple of others that will be on the market who I would think could be very useful for us as well. So, And Nick Pope is one I'm sort of throwing out there because of the fact of his size, mm-hmm. and that does sort of... His build is sort of right up Roy Street again, so... He's a very nice guy as well. Yeah, but he... I, I don't know where we are with any of that stuff. I mean, there's always going to be these kind of stories circulating, and I'm sure Jack Butland, who's recently changed his agent... I think the new guys on the block will have to be having to prove their worth to Jack and that they're doing their work in the background. So so let's see. But, yeah, I, I, it's a certainly a strange one for me and not one that I could sort of stand behind and say, yeah, I can totally see that because I can't. OK, well, we'll find out on Saturday what happens. And we're going to, after the break, preview that Brighton game. But I'm going to just chuck more, one more question at you guys from Robbie Scotcher. Hi, Robbie. Who says, uh, hello, pod. With recent performances, FA Cup quarterfinal of the way and the weed at the weekend, mm-hmm. has the fun come back to this season? <laughs> <laughs> the fun never went, mate. It was, it was, it was, it was just hiding. Um, yeah, it's, as I said earlier on, um, a, f- a few minutes ago, it's an exciting time to be here. You know, we'd, we're, we're playing some great football where we've got, you know, we've had some, we've been, we have been scoring goals. We've got Wilfred, our best player, on top form. We've got we've got the derby at the weekend. We're in the quarterfinals of the cup. You know, these next two games are you know they're important for the club because it's you know it's that feel good factor thing around the club. And if we get if we can win the next two games, which I know we're going to talk about in a minute, it's going to be great. But you know, it, it is a really good time to be at Palace. Uh, the, the, there's always going to be things to moan about, and there's always chinks in it all, like the the situation with the goalkeepers and, and maybe the midfield situation a little bit and maybe Benteke. We can, we can, we can find yeah. things, but in general, I think it's a good time. Fun. Is it ever fun? <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know. It's ever fun, Habitual really. is what yeah. I call it. Habitual. I'll fun just describe is, it as having a brother or sister crystal fun, palace. It's fun, something you choose. Fun is, <laughs> fun is watching your kids on a so- Sunday morning and then that stop, stops being fun after a while as well. Do you know what I mean? What have you done, Trev? No, 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 what I'm saying is because you get You're so You're costing obsessed. him too much money now, aren't you, kid? <laughs> well, that's why I kicked him out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's when the, the, the fun, when it starts thinking, when you think about points and, oh, getting this goal and this yeah. game. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, of course. It, fun in inverted commas. 
I have to admit, Trav, actually, there was a point back in sort of November that I started to think, mm, this, this actually feels like the first season since we've been up. Actually, it isn't quite as fun anymore. But last few weeks have been brilliant, haven't they? Mm. And if you look at this point, well, the points throughout this season already, probably it's one of our better seasons since being up. The points we have at this at this moment in time, I'm not... Yeah, we're kind of get, getting used to being in, in was, the top flight yeah. now. It's a bit, we bit had strange. That one season with Pardew where we were very good first half, and I think we were like mm. at Fifth. 31 points at yeah. the turn of the year. But I think we, were we only got about now or seven or we're 33 now, yeah. yeah. So, but we're a bit later on than that, but we didn't get but the in points that season, in the second yeah. half of the season, did we? So, and this is this is where I find. You know, as the two boys are alluding to, they're very strange that there's so much negativity yeah. among because they're arguing about who should play. Well, that's because we've got a thirty million pound striker on the bench. Yeah. Terrible <laughs> times at Crystal Palace. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how we cope. I mean, we used to have Trevor Aylott and Tony Mahoney, and now we've got a thirty million pound striker on the bench. And let's all moan our nuts off about that. Isn't life terrible? I mean, it, I said to you, JD, a that's few the second times. Second time in a week that you've mentioned Tony Mahoney. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but the the. You know, the, this is a sort of golden time, as yeah. as Enders is saying. You know, this is a great time to be following yeah. Crystal Palace. We've got a good squad, a good owner. Everything is moving forward. The staggering thing is that, I mean, even you've just said there you weren't enjoying it too much. I think we've been pretty much competitive in every game this season, yeah. and I don't think we've been that in the Premier League ever. And people actually think the manager's underachieving. Well, he's just shown you now that if he's got a forward that can stick the ball in the net, suddenly the results are coming that all his performances that he hasn't had results have in would uh, yeah. would have warranted. So I can't. I think, as I said to you before, this is probably and could be our best season in the Premier League, and I think this is the best manager we've had in the Premier League since we've been there. Wow. And one of the best periods of time as a club. Yeah. I'm quite late on into it, as opposed to some well people trapped. here around this thing. <laughs> but I was, I was out having a drink with my mum on Sunday and we bumped into a guy who said, yeah, I've been a season ticket holder since 68. And he just said, you step outside the box now and you look at the, the general situation of the club. It's better than it ever has been. Yeah. And you just can't take advantage of it. Yeah. Totally and long agree. may it continue. Mm. Oh, lovely. Well, long may the pod continue from part two into part three. Whoa. We're going to preview oh, that Brighton game. Well, you know. Uh, so join us after this. Welcome back to the 5 Plan Podcast. Hey. 282, sponsored by Vector Printing. For your printing embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector with Okay. And JC and Associates. London. London. JC, no, it's JC and Associates. The website is jcassociateslondon.com. I will. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, I'll do it. I'll or just do it. Or is it .co.uk? It's one of them. I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> just just it, Google yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, John. .co. I will. Right. Brighton at home on Saturday at the early kickoff, live on TV. We we have to have a response to that horrible midweek game at the Amex Third in the season. We've had questions. This question comes in from Carl. Hi, Hi Carl. Carl. Now he's put a few questions about the lineup, but more importantly, he's added, "What should we do with people who call it the M23 derby?" Because <laughs> just ignore them. Unexpected. And in fact, Mike Timms. What about the A23 derby? What that yeah. do? Yeah. Different, different road, isn't it? Different road, same road. Anyway. Um, has said, instead of naming the Palace-Brighton game the M23 derby, what about calling it the Mods and Rockers derby after the pitched battles on Brighton Beach in the 60s? Because that insinuates that yeah. who, who wants to be a mod or who wants to be a rocker? Are we mods? Are we mods? I mean, well, I'd say I, I like, the, uh, I like the, the mod music. I prefer the... 
Rock, I like Rockers as well. You see, it's, it's a difficult one. Whereas mm. I don't like Brighton and I like Crystal Palace. So have you got another name for the M23 derby? <laughs> uh, just call it Brighton against Palace. Well, don't forget, Sil- <laughs> Silsie, Palace. Loves, Silsie loves Brighton, don't forget. Yeah, I've, no, I've told you before, I've no malice towards them. I don't, I don't like them or dislike them any more than any other yeah, opponent. It it's a game of football with three points at stake. Nothing else, that's it. And no, I, it's like more, than that. more than that. <laughs> I, think, I think when you deal with some of the guys there and no. you know them and all that, you don't have this kind of partisan. I think even, but even though, even for most Palace fans, I've run the table, it's... It's still a friendly rivalry, isn't it, Trev? It, it, it's almost like a sort of little brother, you know, kind I'm, of rivalry. I've, I've got always had a different opinion to that because when it's it's only started since you've become a Palace fan, really, mm. and it's only kicked off. I've been born and brought up, and it's just been the team. That, so I've I've got this kind of inbuilt not dislike and hatred. I, it's I just think it's a bit ridiculous because it's not it's not local. We're not massive teams, but we are. We've always been in the kind of same positions in the league, and it's all we've always seemed to be meeting them in the last 20 odd years and I've always known them as a team we're meeting so I, I've kind of got this thing of the rivalry but at the same time it doesn't need a name as long as I'm a Palace fan and I understand that I don't like Brighton I don't care if anybody else cares because everyone else calls it ridiculous and yeah. it, gets, it gets a mockery of well, it's and that's understandable that don't, that aren't but from then, yeah, Brighton I'm not, not going to get into an argument on Twitter about what, what the name of the rivalry should be it, I don't like Brighton they don't like us playing at the end of the day that's it as long as you win the game done oh, the unnamed rivalry the yeah, rivalry of no it. name <laughs> I think there's a lot of... T- I mean, when I was a kid growing up in the 70s and I first started going to Palace, they were always sort of neck and neck. But a lad that does some um, freelance journalism stuff for me uh, is involved and writes stuff for Brighton and he actually interviewed Alan Mullery a while ago and was telling me about the conversation. And there was quite a bit of ill feeling between the two of them from their time at Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Terry Venables with the captaincy. I think Bill Nicholson gave it to Mullery over Venables or something. And that was it the other way around, was it? Yeah, okay. Well, you're, you're older than me, Kev. Just a <laughs> so, but it was around that era, and that yeah. that sort of spilled over into the into the dugouts, if you like, when Palace, then this Palace Brighton began. So there, it was actually perhaps born at White Hart Lane rather than at Sellers yeah. Park or the Goldstone Ground even, you know, so... Uh, Thanks, Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, look, let's move on to the game because... Um... But even saying that, you know, saying that, I mean, you know, we, we Travis spoke about it a little bit earlier on and me, him and I were speaking about it earlier. Look at someone like Wilfred Zaha, our best player. <coughs> he loves playing Brighton, you know, he's he really feels that rivalry. And I do sometimes feel as that he he overplays in games. He totally he's so wound up and he's so up for it. And this is a real worry I always have when we play Brighton and with Wilf is that he just tries too hard. Yeah. He tries too hard to be the hero, and he try, tries too, he takes on one too many players too many times, and he ends up not not every time, but sometimes he ends up just getting really frustrated and he does something stupid. Well, because of his history, because he's well, got he's history got, of he's obviously he's winning history, winning games for us. Against and this is you know so as much as we all say it's a friendly rivalry and all that, and there'll be, there'll be some supporters listening to this now shouting at their transistor radios <laughs> saying it's not friendly, it's not friendly. Who's listening on a transistor radio? Well, well yeah. some Alan Mullery probably. Wasn't that American bloke on Twitter this week singing songs with the plastic seagull? Oh stuff, my god, take him straight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But and I just think you know, <laughs> the, um, most of the other players don't don't have that. You know, it'd be interesting to see Aaron Wambasaka playing. You know, in, at home in a, in a derby. But it's just I don't know. I think that's that's my real concern about the game. You know, the game of the weekend is that Wilf will just try too hard. Yeah, the thing is, the, the the fans sort of want this passion in a derby game and expect it of the players, but. 
Very few of them, bar the couple you were talking about, yeah. have any real. Yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, how much real passion do you get in the, you know, in the Merseyside? Well, well, exactly, anymore. you know, you, yeah. you're not yeah, talking sure. about 22 scousers on the pitch, you know, playing the game, no, are yeah, you? Yeah. You are. It's just not like that anymore. And, and in that sense, I've got to say to you that I think you were talking about Max Meyer earlier, all of you, and he'd have the ice running through his veins and be the player that would put his foot on the ball in all this and, yeah, yeah. and make the game. And perhaps you know there there is a level of as you're talking about there, you know, being up for the game, but competing in the way you normally do and not over-competing and making yeah. sure that your your brain is still engaged and the red mist doesn't come down and you do daft things yeah. amid the atmosphere. I think for our, for our players, given recent history, I think there'd be more rage against Watford. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, in, the, yeah. in the league game on Saturdays. I think Hodgson will be on top of the league game on Saturday. So you've got... You know, you can't go too mad. You got to, this is a you know it's only three more points, but in the cup game because they, Palace and Watford players generally seem to not like each other when they're mm, on the same pitch. Definitely. And some of the tackles going in, so I think that's more going to be more tasty physically than it's quite a new Watford. rivalry yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've I, I've recently bumped into a few Watford fans over the last year and met them, and. Um, They've they've actually said to me, I hate your club. Yeah. I really, really hate your club. I hate everything about them yeah. and I hate your club. Whereas I've bumped into Brighton fans and think, ah, whatever. It's this is Brighton Palace, yeah. yeah. It's just there, it's been in both. But Watford, the Watford fans I went to just no, I actually hate Crystal Palace. It's weird, isn't it? It's very odd. JD, you're hoping we win so you don't have to ask Roy if that was a good response for the <laughs> <Watford> <laughs> <game>. <laughs> Just when we got back on level terms, yeah, we're speaking terms now, me and Roy. Oh dear. Well listen, look, let's move on to the game itself, because Carl did add in a couple of questions about the team he said having rotated the midfield at Burnley who are the midfield three against Brighton it's, it's going to be a, it's a big question it's going to be a big part of the game that midfield battle mine, says, mine would be Cuyate, uh Luca and Jeffrey Schlupp I suspect that's what he'll go with yeah. Yeah. so what did you say you said Cuyate, Luca, Jeffrey Schlupp yeah. Cuyate was excellent at Burnley yeah. really I, I, really I'll good. take the sort of I'll, I'll accept there might be a bit less creativity but the three front players if you've got Townsend, Wilf and Batchwater should be able to give us something. And I think Roy's approach, where you, where you all wanted Max Meyer to start, yeah. but I think Roy's approach yeah. may be that if you do that, perhaps you risk not being in the game later on if, yeah, yeah. if defensively he is slightly fallible rather than being in the mm. game. And, and there is, I mean, these are all arguments to and fro and you can see both sides of it. And I'm I'm sort of... I was hoping at Burnley on Saturday that he'd really put a marker down and show mm. everybody, but it wasn't his sort of game and in inverted commas, and I wonder whether this week will be his sort of game as well. But, you know, it's it's difficult because on one side of it, you've got a very positive player that's very clever and can see a pass and so on, but you are going to sacrifice something defensively. And it's how much you can sacrifice and make sure it doesn't, you know, it can make you win, but it can stop you winning as well. And I think everyone has to have a balanced view that there's no, as you've talked about all of your horses for courses, there's no fixed way every week that will always work. Well, and also, Travis, I mean, mm. it, it's very hard to drop Jeffrey Schlupp after current form. Like he, he won player of the month and he's been he's been excellent, <coughs> scoring goals, working defensively. He, he's kind of done it all. But yeah, but then, yeah, so if you don't drop him and you still want to put Max in the team, you're not going to see a midfield three of Schlupp and Max both in the side at the same time, I don't think. So you can't, I don't know how, how you'd set up to incorporate both. So well, the likelihood is he won't. Like oh, oh, yeah. I quite like him to start, but you know, Players, players play well and Roy can still drop them so you know <laughs> oh. it, it, no, it's, but it's not it's true 
You've got, you it's know, what comes with know. having the squad, doesn't it? You yeah. know, you've got choices, choices, yeah. choices. Yeah, we do. But I do think that Max would be the better option if we did want to take the game to them. I think Schlupp is better defensively. We may concede, but, you know, I just think that if you want to take it to them, you don't want to be playing with three a midfield three that are all more defensively minded. Well, I say that, but generally more defensively minded than they are attacking. Well, I mean, obviously we won, we won the game 3-2 at home last season yep. and, and we did take the game to them. We scored those did, three yeah. first yeah. half goals. Yeah. You, is that what you'd like to see then or, yes, or would I'm, you put Schluppy in there? I, I, I just want to go I just want to go for it. I want to go 0 to 60 in 0.4 of a second. I just want to go for it. Just get in there. So does that, does that include Max Meyer then for you? Yes, I think it probably does. I think I would I would probably start with Meyer. But then again, you know, the, interesting, the, after I was walking away from Sellers last week when we played Man United, I was with uh, one of my, my one of my other kids, and we were talking about Schlupp. We would we would thought he he played really well in that game, but so much negativity around us on the train, and when I put turn on s- s- social media that night, people not saying he was terrible and he shouldn't play, and I th- I, I personally thought he'd done yeah. he did really well in that game. I do like, and he's, he 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 is going forward a little bit more as well now. You know, his confidence is growing and everything. You know, I don't know. I think it's a tricky one. I think. I said Meyer, but maybe she thought because he's that bit a bit better defensively and he does drive forward as well. Maybe I'll change my mind now on air. <laughs> well, you're welcome to. <laughs> I, I think stick with Max. <laughs> I think you get the drive from if you sit Luca, the way we, we play at the moment, Luca's sort of sitting, Coyote mm. and, and and Jeffrey Schlupp would would drive for you and attack, as would the two wide players and the and the fours. You can call it four three, three, four, one, four, one, whatever you want to call it, and dress it up in shape. Um, but I think Roy is always one of those that would want to stay in the game first and yeah. not be and, and maybe not not be too gung ho. But on the other side of it, I can see that everybody's very positive at the table, including me. And I think we're a better team than them. Yeah. And if we, but as long as we match Certainly the physicality well. and the and the and the and the work rate, then I think our quality we we should win the game. But derby games are typically. What they are, because that doesn't always True. come through, does it? You know, it's very Kevin, competitive. Quickly then, Max or Sluppy? I'd start with I'd start with Max. I think to answer to answer uh, Ender's question about why Slup got so much criticism against Man U, mm. it's because no one expected him to start. Certainly not up against Pogba. Yeah, I think that's what it. Mm. I think it was more Roy's selection rather than Slup's performance, and then it was compounded by the fact that he, he when Kite. Did come on. It was for Van Arnholt and put <coughs> Schlupp at left back, and Schlupp got done by Ashley Young yeah. for the goal. So yeah, that was that. Yeah, that so it was like literally the last thing a lot of Palace fans saw before they left was was, was Schlupp making yeah. a mistake. That, that, but that was slightly yeah. unfair, Kev, because he had to come over because otherwise Pogba yeah. would have run clear yeah. on the goal. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. he had to come and cover. So I'd, that's a. Uh, it wasn't entirely fair that. And again, you see, just just the the, the opinions of everybody, as Enders was talking about. You know, we're talking about, and we've all sort of said physicality was a problem against McTominay, Pogba, and so on. And we we got out muscled, particularly in set in set plays and stuff. Mm. Lukaku, uh, the two centre halves, and in hindsight, maybe we should have used Kiate, we should have used Benteke, and so on. But ironically, the player we were all talking about afterwards, who made the most impact, was a bloke who's about five foot five. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. how does this work? Yeah. You know, <laughs> how, you know, you you can spin the arguments and the coins heads or tails every time, and Roy changes it 
and what did he change it for? And if you lose, he should have rotated. You know, it's always the same, isn't it? It's, it's, right. it's, it's that, very, keeps our, that keeps our podcast in business. It's, yeah, so of it's, course. Well, Jim, it's a game of opinions, but I do, I do try to understand. But most of them are wrong, though. No. <laughs> well, I do, I do try to understand what Roy's thinking, you know, yeah. and, and why he would think this way, you know, just to to understand it through his eyes and. Let's be honest, he's done pretty well so far. You know, a relegation certainty last season that was turned around with his organisation and and his tactical nous and working with big injury problems and no strikers for long periods. I think we can say we're in fairly safe hands with this bloke and he knows what he's doing. I agree. In fact, I saw a stat online today that some boffin somewhere has given us a 0% chance of relegation. I'm not sure how that... Works of mm. nine games left, but mm. we'll, we'll find out. We've also got a zero percent chance of this pod going any further, guys, because that is the end oh. of the pod oh. today. So, oh. this is thank so you. smooth, well, you know, like sandpaper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. Good to have you on. Uh, pleasure as always. Thank you, Travis. Lovely to have you back. Lovely to be back. Top man, we've missed you, Travis. <laughs> thank you. We love you, Travis. Hey, Kevin, in the, on the red and blue again. <laughs> Kevin, big squad. <laughs> Rotation. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, thank you for hosting in such uh, a yeah, yeah. Yeah. As always, a uh, yeah, superb really job. Been absolutely unflappable today. You guys. <laughs> and thank you to Soho Radio, of course, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for hosting us. First time we've been in here, and it's uh, it's gone all right, isn't it? Very yeah, good. there we go. Yeah. Um, like the extra pod will be with you uh, at freedompod at patreon.com <laughs> after the Brighton game, and we're back with the full pod next week. So enjoy the rest of your week. Let's hope Palace get a big result in that Brighton game, and we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Sports Social Podcast Network.